folklore and urban legends. Selected works from scary stories to tell in the dark by Alvin Schwartz. Illustrated by Stephen Gamble. Published by Harper Collins, 1981. Thing. There were two young boys named Trevor and Will. They spent most of their summer vacation hanging around town looking for things to do. One hot August night, the boys were sitting on a fence by the main road. There was a cornfield just across the road. Suddenly, Trevor spotted something in the field. In the darkness, it was difficult to make out, but he thought it looked like some kind of weird animal. He nudged his friend, pointed in the direction of the strange-looking figure. Will said he could see it too. He wasn't sure, but the mysterious thing seemed vaguely human. The next thing they knew, the thing was gone. The boys craned their necks and scanned the field with their eyes. Out of the blackness came the thing. It slowly walked over to the edge of the field before disappearing again. Trevor and Will looked at each other, puzzled. What was that? asked Will. I have no idea, replied Trevor. No sooner had he said that than Trevor felt a clammy hand on his shoulder. He turned around and found himself staring directly into the hideous face of the thing. He let out a yell of terror and surprise. The rotting skin on the thing's face was coming off in places, revealing the bone underneath. For a moment, it just stared silently at Trevor with its dark, sunken eyes. Then it suddenly grabbed hold of his arm. Trevor felt its fingernails dig deep into his flesh as he wriggled out of its grasp. The two boys leaped off the fence and ran down the road, screaming in horror. They didn't stop running until they reached their homes. They tried to tell their parents and friends about the things they had seen that night, but nobody would believe them. When Trevor woke up the next morning, the scratches on his arms were still there. After a few days, they got worse and worse. Trevor got sick and his parents took him to see a doctor. After examining his arm, the doctor told the boy it was infected and gave him some pills to take. Unfortunately, Trevor's condition got worse and worse. The infection spread to his entire arm and it wasn't long before the flesh was rotting and falling off. He was taken to a hospital, but no matter what the doctors did, no treatment seemed to work. The infection spread throughout his whole body. Trevor was confined to a bed and started to waste away. It seemed like he was beyond help, and as the days went by, he steadily grew worse and worse. 
His anguished parents could only sit at his bedside and cry as they watched their beloved son slowly rotting away before their eyes. On the day that Trevor finally passed away, Will came to the hospital to visit him. When the boy walked into the hospital room and saw Trevor lying in the bed, he was horrified. His friend looked exactly like the thing. High beams. As the woman drove down a deserted highway, she noticed a lone pair of headlights quickly approaching her car from behind. When the car came closer, she noticed that it was going to overtake her. The car drew up beside her, but then the driver suddenly swerved back behind her car. She started getting nervous and kept an eye on the strange car in her rearview mirror. He pulled up dangerously close to her rear bumper and began flashing his high beams at her. The headlights dimmed for a moment, but then the high beams flashed again and the car behind her surged forward. The car followed her very closely and on tight curves over hills. He would flash his high beams on and off. The frightened woman struggled to keep her eyes on the road and fought the urge to keep looking at the car behind her. Finally, she approached her exit, but the car continued to follow, flashing the high beams again and again. The terrified woman took out her mobile phone and dialed 911. When the operator answered, the woman screamed into the phone. A car's following me. He keeps tailgating and blinking his lights at me. The woman gave her address, and in a few minutes, she saw the red and blue lights of a police car in the distance. She breathed a sigh of relief as she pulled into her driveway. But suddenly, the strange car pulled into the driveway behind her and began blinking its lights on and off like a maniac. The police car screeched to a halt on the woman's front lawn and two police officers jumped out with their guns drawn. They pulled the man out of the strange car and forced him to lie face down on the lawn. Then they handcuffed him as he screamed, there's someone in the car, there's someone in the car. The two policemen suddenly pointed their guns in the woman's direction and fired. The woman screamed, but when she turned around, she saw the bloody corpse of a murderer fall out of her back seat. There was a large butcher knife still clasped in his cold, dead hand. The police searched her back seat and found duct tape, a blindfold, and a pair of handcuffs lying there. The woman realized that the man in the strange car had been trying to save her. When the police released him, he explained that as he pulled up behind her car, and his headlights lit up her back seat. He had seen a man with a butcher knife rising up behind her. Just as the madman was about to stab her, he flashed his high beams and the figure crouched back down. I flashed my high beams every time I saw him raise the knife, he said. Room for 
one more. There was a young woman who had just started a new job in a large office building. She was walking to work one day when a long black hearse drove up slowly next to her, matching her pace. This made her nervous and she anxiously watched it out of the corner of her eye. The driver leaned out the window and called to her in a deep, booming voice. Do you need a lift? She turned to look at him, got a terrible shock. The driver's face was incredibly hideous, deformed. His skin was a deathly pale, and one of his eyes was noticeably higher than the other. The man pointed to the rear of the vehicle, which contained a coffin. Room for one more, he said. Frightened by this bizarre experience and unwelcome suggestion, she refused his offer of a lift. Profoundly disturbed, the woman ran down the street until she came to the office building where she worked. For the rest of the day, she couldn't stop thinking about the strange man in the hearse and was glad when work was finally over. The woman worked up on the ninth floor and when the elevator came, it was almost completely full. She hesitated for a moment before stepping in. Are you sure you want to come in? asked the familiar, booming voice. There's room for one more. The woman gasped. It was the hearse driver from this morning, eyeing her with his lopsided, horrible gaze. Now thoroughly spooked, the woman backed away, stuttering, I, I, I think, I, I think I'll take the stairs. The hearse driver just stared at her as the doors slid close. The woman had only taken a few steps down the stairs when she heard a chorus of screams followed by a deafening crash. She hurried downstairs and discovered the elevator cable had broken and all of the passengers aboard had plunged to a grisly death. Room for one 